Section 28 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Sabbath Day, November 1. I preached on 1 John 2, 17. I had help. It is wonderful to see how flush the streams are, and excellent the crops, considering the want of rain for three months past. In the sandy lands the waters do not fail in a draught as they do elsewhere. My soul is happy in God continually. It has been reported to me that at the two camp meetings held, the one in Elbert County, the other in Franklin County, about one hundred souls professed converting grace. Monday 2. We came to James Marx's. Tuesday 3. Both Daniel Hitt and myself preached. Wednesday 4. We were diligently occupied with our projected hymn book. I make it a rule where I stop to pray after every meal. Thursday 5. I felt the tears and sorrows of the family when parting. We crossed Webb's Ferry into Oglethorpe County, passing through Lexington to James Freeman's, a ride of thirty miles through wind and rain. James Halston told me that his cousin, Colonel Halston, had unfortunately beaten and killed a pious soldier during the War of the Revolution. The colonel settled in Georgia, and whilst everything seemed to prosper around him, he was one night shot in his bed by one of his slaves. The child which lay in his arms was unhurt. Friday 6. We were engaged with our collection of hymns. I preached at Henry Pope's at night. It was a time of power and liberty. Saturday 7. We came to General John Stewart's. Sabbath 8. Daniel Hitt and myself both preached. We felt the state of the people. Oh, what necessity is there to urge the doctrine of sanctification in this state? It is a doctrine almost forgotten here. Monday 9. I preached at John Crutchfield's on 1 Peter 1, 4. Oh, the precious promises! We did not speak without a present God. Next day Daniel Hitt preached at B. Bush's Liberty. There has been a good and gracious work in this society. Thursday 12. I was taken ill with an influenza. Monday 23. I have been one week sick at Sparta. This evening I arrived, a sick, weak old man, at Mr. Bush's. I took another emetic. Wednesday 25. We rode to W. Bomer's. I found it good to stay here and take some more medicine. My complaint is a pleurisy and deep affection of the breast. Monday 30. It was as much as I could this day do to reach Tyndall's. Tuesday, December 1. We came into Augusta. Wednesday 2. I rode up to Martin Hitz on Stevens Creek. South Carolina, Thursday 3. We reached Spans. I judge we have traveled 900 miles since the Western Conference. Judge William Stith died at Milledgeville suddenly, and I believe safely called home in peace. The mortality has been very general and very great in these parts. 
we had a blessed rain in Georgia. The weather and indisposition hold me at spans. My soul is happy in God, in sickness, and in health. Sabbath 6. I preached. Monday 7. We started away to Fridges, 36 miles. As it was a day of general parade on Tuesday at Columbia, I returned to General Hutchinson's. Next day we reached Camden. Thursday I preached in Camden. I spent Friday at Rembert Hall, reading and writing. Sabbath 13. I preached at Rembert's Chapel. Mr. Rembert was thrown out of his sulky, but there was no mischief done, except that some old bruises were wakened up. My subject today was Matthew twenty-four forty-five, The good servant, in spiritual wisdom, in fidelity, his diligence to perform his duties. The wicked servant, backslidden, false, and falsely secure. His Lord delayeth his coming. Therefore he maltreats his fellow-servants who are better than himself. He is sensual. His portion is hell. Sabbath 20. At Rembert's Chapel, I spoke on Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that God would visit these people. Last week I have occasionally ridden out for exercise, but I am pretty busy with writing, family duty, and reading. My mind is wholly devoted to God and His work. Monday 21. It rained. On Tuesday we went to Bradford's. Wednesday evening we lodged at Simpson's Tavern. On Thursday, at Monk's Corner. Friday, Christmas Day, brought us to Charleston. Saturday was devoted to reading and receiving visits. Sabbath 27. I preached at the Old Church on Matthew 7.21. At Bethel on Deuteronomy 10.12. Friday, January 1, 1808. Our conference began. We sat six hours a day, had great harmony, and little or no trouble in stationing the preachers. Preaching every noon to the conference and others. In my sermon on Sabbath day, at the old church, I took some notice of the life and labors of Bennett Kendrick and George Doherty. The increase of members in the bounds of this and the Western Conference for this year is 3,700 members. Preachers, 23. Wednesday 6. We rode back to Rembert Hall. Busy writing letters. In the midst of restless days and nights of pain, my mind enjoys great peace. On Saturday I rode to Camden. Sabbath 10. I preached from 1 Corinthians 1.30. I had some openings of mind, but there was little unction in preaching or sacrament. Busy writing letters. On Monday, after the rain, we went up to John Horton's at the Hanging Rock. We reached Presley's by chance on Tuesday. North Carolina, Wednesday 13. We reached Mecklenburg and stayed with our friend Mechem Wilson, a Presbyterian minister, where we were comfortably and kindly accommodated. On Thursday, we found the main branch of Rocky River unfordable. We stopped at Squire M. Curtis. 
Friday brought us through Concord to Savages. Yesterday was very damp and cold. Today there is ice, probably an inch thick. On Saturday we set out over the frozen roads, and stopped at the end of ten miles to breakfast with the Reverend John Brown, a Presbyterian minister in Salisbury. Thence we came away to John Hitz. I have preached to his father and mother, who have now fallen asleep. The grandson Jacob, son of John, feeleth as if he had a call to preach. In this journey, on the one side I may put down cold, hunger, rain, floods, frost, bad roads, and a lame horse. On the other, prayer, patience, peace, love. The balance is greatly in my favor. Sabbath 17. At Hits I gave them a sermon from Hebrews 4, 9. Next day we pushed away thirty miles to Charles Clayton's. My spirit is greatly grieved with the ungodly children of this family, particularly one who has fallen from grace. On Tuesday I preached at Joshua Clayton's on Hebrews 3, 7, 8. Joshua Clayton has no children to grieve me. The loving old souls in this house are early Methodists from Maryland. I ordained E. Breyer and Robert Field. We went over to Father Dole's on Wednesday. My ride over hard roads on my poor lame mare was a trial to me. We crossed the Yadkin at Clements Bridge, well constructed and well secured. In three hours' notice at Dobbs, we had a large congregation, to whom I spoke a few words on Romans 12, too. We came through Haverstown, having my lame mare shod, to Germantown. Both these villages are small. The first may have thirty families in it, the other about half the number. We lodged at Mr. Ennelly's, where we have a small society. The grandfather left us, but the grandson is a preacher in the connection. On Friday we rode through the rain ten miles to breakfast at Brooks's. Amidst all my little difficulties, my soul is very happy in the Lord. The prospects in the Highland circuits are very good. On Saturday we were water-bound by the Mayo branches. We called a congregation at night. We set out on Sabbath morning and had a most severe ride, crossing the first, second, and third branches of the Mayo River. At Brother Travis's in Henry County, we had a congregation at a short warning. I ordained Thomas Piner a deacon. We crossed Smith's River on Monday morning at Reed's Ford, bending our course down upon Snow Creek. We stopped with one Herman Cook, a rich man and a kind man. Virginia. Tuesday 26 brought us over Pig River and forward to Anthony's Ford fearful to the sight. We stopped at Staunton. I endure considerable pain. My beast starts and stumbles. The perpetual changes of weather, and the company sometimes forced upon one on the road is disagreeable. But it is much worse in the cabins, crowded with men, women, and children. No place to retire for reading, writing, or meditation. The woods are too cold for solitude at this season. We are weather-bound. I employ my time in reading, writing, praying, and planning. I ordained two deacons. 
On Thursday we set out for Murphy's on Goose Creek. We visited Brothers Leftrich and Wheat, and then made a toilsome march over Little and Big Otter, about thirty miles, to Price's. We arrived late, and it was cold. On Saturday we reached Lynchburg. Sunday 31. I preached at Lynchburg to about six hundred hearers. I feel paid for all my toil. On Tuesday our conference opened. We progressed with great speed, and in good order, preaching each day. I ordained nine elders, nine deacons of the traveling order, and as many local deacons. Sunday, February 7. I preached on 2 Corinthians 13.5. I was blessed in my soul. The rainy weather and miry roads kept our congregations small and manageable, except on the Sabbath day. The people of the town honored us. They were attentive to hear, and were very kind. My company came away on Tuesday to Colonel Meredith's, New Glasgow. Wednesday to Keys. Thursday we dined at the Widow Keys, and lodged at B. Gillum's. I ordained Nathan Anderson a deacon. On Friday we rode twenty-four miles through mire and a heavy cold rain, crossing the rapid Dan to John Stocksdale's. Our host made us comfortable after our toil. By deep wading and plunging through mud, we reached Lot Fry's. I ordained him a deacon. It was the day appointed for preaching. I spoke and had five preachers and two others to hear me. What will become of the children of this household? I cannot predict much good for either their souls or bodies. I could not willingly rest here on the Sabbath, so I came away to John Kobler's and arrived just as sermon had ended. I ordained D. M. Masters a deacon. Monday brought us to Bishaw's. Next day we got in to Father Hitt's. Oh, the rocks, rivers, mud, frost, hills, cold, and hunger. Possibly we have ridden 700 miles from Charleston in 22 days. Tuesday 23. For some days we have rested under the roof of Herman Hitt. He is now 86. He has lived to see four generations. He is the head of 18 families. Three of his sons are preachers. Martin, Daniel, and Samuel, and his grandson William also. I am occupied in reading and writing. I preached at the new house in Rectortown. The wind blew and it was cold, but we had an open season. I preached today to a full house at Mounts. On Wednesday we visited the widow Rosell and her afflicted children. I called on Brother Donow, weak but faithful. There is a blessed work of God in the east end of Loudoun County. Wednesday I preached at Leesburg. On Thursday we came to Dr. Wright's, and thence went on to William Waters's. Here I rested, and read and wrote on Friday. We arrived in Alexandria on Saturday. Sunday 28. I preached on 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. It was an open time. I was helped and honored of God before the people. Wednesday, March 2. Our conference began. We labored diligently and in great peace. 
On the Sabbath I preached and ordained deacons. Souls have been converted since we are here. Maryland, Wednesday 9. Our conference ended, and I came away to Annapolis. We came into the city about six in the evening. Have traveled all day without fire, food, or water. Since the 20th of this month, 1807, we have traveled 5,000 miles, according to my computation. I rested on Thursday and preached, and next day went to Baltimore. It was excessively cold, but we did not stop on the road. At seven o'clock I preached at Old Town. Saturday was a day of rest. Sunday 13. I preached at Fells Point in the forenoon, and at Light Street in the afternoon. I hear, see, and feel many serious things, but I must take care of my own soul. My care is to love, to suffer, and to please God. Monday 14. I took a view of our new house, large and well-constructed. I preached to the African congregation. On Tuesday we moved off to Bennett's. Wednesday noon found us at Howell's. At night we were in Delaware, at Kagey's. O oh, my soul, rest in God! I am sometimes led to think the whole world will rise up against the pretensions of England to the dominion of the seas. Will Bonaparte conquer the world? He may. But will he govern it, and reign universal emperor over sea and land? No, no, no. Here I rest. Pennsylvania. I preached in passing through Wilmington on Friday, and on Saturday we got into Philadelphia. I preached at St. George's twice, at the Academy, at Ebenezer, and at Bethel, African. We sat from Sabbath to Sabbath, in conference. Our business was conducted in great peace, but I did not please everybody by the appointments of the stations. Monday 28. We set out for the Jerseys, through which we passed swiftly to New York. We arrived on Wednesday. Jersey and York are blessed with revivals of religion. New York, Wednesday, April 6. Our conference for New York began in Amenia. On the Sabbath I preached in the town meeting house and ordained seven elders. It was a time of solemnity, and we had nearly 1,500 people to hear. This conference is pleasant to me. I am near my work, I am not disturbed by company, and we make good progress with our business. Connecticut, Wednesday 13. We rose. I stationed 88 preachers. We came away to Goshen, 20 miles, and lodged with Mr. Munson, a respectable brother. On Thursday, we made it 35 miles to East Hartford. We lodged with Squire Pitkins. Next day brought us to New London. It was Good Friday, and had been appointed a state fast day. I took only a cup of coffee, and a small bit of bread. At Father Lattimore's we were kindly received, and comfortably fixed. My two last day's rides were severe. My flesh is not brass, nor my bones iron. But I was in peace and communion with the Father and the Son. On Saturday we had a great storm. 
confinement indoors gave me an opportunity of preparing papers for the conference. Sunday 17. Easter Sunday. I preached in the Baptist meeting house. The Baptists occupied ours. Theirs was the larger building, and we had it crowded. Conference sat until Friday. We wrought in haste, in great order, and in peace, through a great deal of business. There were seventeen deacons, traveling and local, ordained, and nine elders ordained in the congregational church, before fifteen hundred or two thousand witnesses. I know not where large congregations are so orderly as in the eastern states. There was a work of God going on during the sitting of the conference. The general conference hastened our breaking up, the delegates thereto requesting leave to go. There were deficiencies in money matters, but no complaints. Monday 25. We came in haste through Milford, Stratford, Bridgeport, and Fairfield to Stanford, 42 miles. On Tuesday, a 38 miles ride brought us into New York. We had very heavy showers on the way. I feel my shoulders eased a little, now that I have met the seven conferences. I have lived to minute 552 preachers in this country. The increase this short year is 7,500 in round numbers. New York, Wednesday 27. I preached at the African Church and ordained D. Coker and W. Miller. Thursday 28. We set out and reached a place ten miles beyond Brunswick in New Jersey. On Friday we reached Hancock's. Saturday brought us through Burlington to Philadelphia, where we dined and stopped. At Kensington I preached a Sabbath sermon. At the African Zohar I also preached. Maryland, Monday, May 2. We set out and reached Kagey's, 42 miles. On Tuesday we arrived at Perry Hall. Truly we came to the house of mourning. The master is possibly dying. Mr. Goff is dead. I saw and touched his dying body. When the corpse was moved to be taken into the country for interment, many of the members of the general conference walked in procession after it, to the end of the town. Harry Dorsey Goff professed more than thirty years ago to be convicted and sanctified. That he did depart from God is well known but it is equally certain that he was visibly restored. As I was the means of his first turning to God, so was I also of his return and restoration. Certain prejudices he had taken up against myself and others, these I removed. In his last hours, which were painfully afflictive, he was much given up to God. Mr. Goff had inherited a large estate from a relation in England, and having the means he indulged his taste for gardening, and the expensive embellishment of his country seat, Perry Hall, which was always hospitably open to visitors, particularly those who feared God. Although a man of plain understanding, Mr. Goff was a man much respected and beloved. As a husband, a father, and a master, he was well worthy of imitation. His charities were as numerous as proper objects to a Christian were likely to make them and the souls and bodies of the poor were administered to in the manner of a Christian who remembered the precepts, and followed the example 
of his divine master. Friday 6. Our general conference opened in peace. On Saturday, 129 members took their seats. The new church in Utah Street was opened on the Sabbath day, and I gave a discourse on the occasion from 2 Corinthians 3.12. On the 26th, the conference rose. We have done very little except making the rule for representation hereafter, one member to the general conference for every six members of the annual conferences, and the electing dear brother M. Kendry assistant bishop. The burden is now borne by two pair of shoulders instead of one. The care is cast upon two hearts and heads. Friday 27. Heavy rain and awful thunder. On Saturday I visited Samuel Owings of S. I baptized G. Howard's three pretty children. At the request of some preachers in England, and the desire of the General Conference, I sat to Mr. Bruff, who took my likeness in crayons. Sabbath 29. I preached at Old Town and visited the House of Mourning. In the afternoon I gave the Africans a talk. I visited a grandson of Mother Tribulate. Her house, in my first and early visits to Baltimore, was my home. The young man's mother, Mary, married one Killen. She died in peace and joy, and I hope the young man will be brought home to heaven and to God. On Tuesday I rode up to Daniel Eltecott's and preached. It was an open season. At St. James's Chapel, Dr. Warfield heard me, who had heard me thirty-six years ago. Ah, I should not regret riding many miles to be the means of converting this dear man to God. I returned to Baltimore. On Friday I preached at Gatch's Chapel. Sabbath, June 5. Harry Dorsey Goff's funeral sermon was preached. There might be two thousand people to hear. George Roberts spoke first on, He that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. My subject was Acts 14.22. I spoke long, and was obliged to speak loud that all might hear. My subject was very much a portraiture of Mr. Goff's religious experience and character. End of section 28. Recording by Brian Keenan.